Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. This version. I don't like this version. There's a much better version. It would figure that you would pick the weak version of the classic song that used to welcome Hulk Hogan into the ring for the old WWF uh, and then the WWE. Weak, weak, weak. Not the best version, but we'll let it roll because today. It's the annual Tunnel to Tower Walk and Run. And I want to congratulate the many people who are out there who were able once again to rally around the flag, rally around patriotism, and rally around support for all of those who participated. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Josh. Bad version here. Bad version. There's a much, much better version. We played it many, many times ago. End it. End it. It's making me nauseous here. That's it. It's like you get a garage band to do it. You know, it's like Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, has some garage guy in uh, Staten Island do his music. Oh, God. All right, now we're back on track. Let me hear it. Remember, I'm not low budget. I'm top shelf five star. I've been doing this too many years to accept the oldie moldy imitations. You know, the other side of midnight of the Frank Morano show. No, no, no. It's got to be 100% top shelf, five star. And that's what this, uh, what this song is. As I start to roll into the final round of my Quinella appearances here on the weekend, where WABC stands for always broadcasting Curtis. And I want to salute our station. Because they put together a bunch of our talk show hosts and hostesses who led groups in this uh, Tunnel to Tower run. I can remember participating in the very first one back in about 2002. There were only like 2,000. And I remember there was a podium right before everybody entered the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel to trace the steps of Stephen Siller, uh, who uh, very bravely, after finishing his uh, shift, at a nearby firehouse, learned that a plane had crashed into one of the World Trade Center sites, called up his brothers who were playing golf, and he said, uh, guys, I'll catch up to you later. And as he drove up to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, it was closed off because of the airplane crashing into the tower, and he then opened up the trunk of his car, took out his bunker gear, 60 pounds worth, and then started running through the tunnel, which is about a good five-mile stretch. 
And then, like so many other brave Americans, we're consumed in the belly of the beast. Those who worked at the World Trade Center, those who rushed in to save life and limb, and those who came in as a second wave, as backup, when suddenly the second tower also imploded. And you can never forget, can never forget, although increasingly Americans are forgetting. I was very, very disturbed on uh, 9-11 that we were superseded in the coverage uh, of uh, Queen Elizabeth's death. Who cares? It has no consequences on us. And in fact, if you happen to be in the city hall area, you really need to go into the uh, go into the courtyard there. And see the statue of Nathan Hale. It's the anniversary of Nathan Hale's hanging. Nathan Hale, who was a spy for George Washington, who said, I have but one life to give for my country, and then they hung him by the neck, the Brits. No trial, no defense, summarily executed, because he was fighting for liberty against tyranny. And this is what we always have to remember, because there's going to be a move afoot. I can almost predict it. Then members of the DSA-led Democratic Socialists of America and Democratic Liberal Progressives who have the majority in the council are going to move to remove the Nathan Hale statue in the courtyard as they were successful in removing the father of our democracy, the author of our Bill of Rights, Thomas Jefferson, when everybody signed on to the bill, uh, excuse me, onto our Declaration of Independence, that was it. Let me amend that, the Declaration of Independence. You signed that, you are a dead man walking. So it's going to happen. So that's why the Tunnel to Tower run and walk today was so important to get that point across and to get people to participate and get people to never forget, never forget 9-11 as it begins to fade increasingly from our memory. And I started out this morning after finishing the overnight uh, the other side of midnight, the better side of midnight with Curtis Lee was six hours. I took you to the break of dawn. And my oldest son, Anthony, was here ready to join the Tunnel to Tower run and walk, as was my wife, Nancy. We were ready to head down there. And I saw that my, my wife was, like, crying. I said, what's wrong, Nancy? I thought that maybe, uh, you know, her contacts in her eyes. She puts her contacts in sometimes when she doesn't wear her glasses and she tears up. She said to me, she said, no, 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 Curtis uh, Tuna, who is the cat, is about 14 years old. Although if you look at Tuna, Tuna is smaller than any of our kittens. Was badly abused wherever it is that she grew up originally. Uh, she was sent to the shelter and she was scheduled for execution because that's what they do in the shelter system of New York. They lie to the people. But if they can't find a new home or someone to foster or adopt within 72 hours, they're destroyed. They're euthanized. They're executed. And my wife, like so many other animal rescuers, they watch the death list. It's a death list. It's like you're on death row. There's no reprieve. So even if Kathy Hochul, the governor, had called in, from the governor's mansion. She does not have the power to stay the execution of any of these animals. And luckily, within an hour of when Tuna was to be executed, Nancy rushed in and brought Tuna back to the house, and she has rescued a lot of cats that were in really bad shape neurologically, 
but Tuna, without a question, was in the worst shape of all. 14 years old and smaller than a kitten. A, uh, I guess you would describe him as a gray uh, Russian cat, a blue-gray Russian cat, gorgeous. But she can barely open up her eyes at times. Uh, she has a fungus that had developed on her eyes, and Nancy meticulously spent hours and days allowing her once again to see. She had the Jake leg, which meant uh, on occasion, as she would attempt to walk, uh, she would crash to the floor. It was like she needed uh, life alert. I'm falling and I can't get up. And you could tell that neurologically, Tuna was in really bad shape. And she would look up at Nancy and she would look up at me and you just want to cry. You guys say, how could any human being have been so abusive to an animal? And yet, this animal against all odds, this small little cat, who is the oldest of all the cats that Nancy has rescued, we call her AARP. She survived against all odds. And she slowly but surely began to recover. And every day, I would take her out for her constitution, her walk in the hallway. And it was really painful for her to go up and down the hallway it would take her sometimes 20 minutes. But she would fight, and she would fall. And I'd pick her up, and she'd do it all over again. Boy, she had the spirit of a warrior. But she had such neurological impairment. If you go to Facebook at Curtis Lewa, Facebook at Curtis Lewa, she was actually featured in my very first commercial on television when I was running for the mayoralty of the city of New York. And I must tell you, she stole the show when you saw that little uh, gray-blue Russian cat just staring up at me. Uh, there was no way you were going to look at me or listen to anything that I was saying. But uh, when Nancy informed me that Tuna was not moving, was not moving, was on the floor in the bathroom, I turned to my son, Anthony, who was all pumped up to go to his first tunnel to tower walk and run. I'd been to uh, the original ones. And I said, Anthony, no, we can't go. This is family. We got to rush and we got to take care of Tuna. And so I dropped uh, Anthony off uh, at the house uh, where he lives with his mother, Mary, and with his pup, his uh, stepfather, my husband-in-law, Governor David Patterson. And we rushed back to the house. And there was uh, Tuna. You could see she wasn't moving at all. She looked like she was dead on arrival. And the other cats had stayed away. So you could see they they understood that at any moment, Tuna could be passing into the hereafter. And then uh, Nancy began triage. And we began working on Tuna for about four hours. We wrapped her in towels. We warmed her up. And then ironically... She moved. She moved within two hours, opened up her eyes and moved and nestled right down to where my ankles were and wrapped herself around my ankle. And I got to tell you, I hadn't been asleep in like uh, a day, but it was almost like a miracle had transpired. And uh, I just want to apologize to all those who had made great donations to the Tunnel to Tower run, expecting me to be there, expecting Nancy to be there, expecting Anthony Chester to be there. But I think you can understand. The way our family is, we follow a Gandhian principle. Gandhi, who was a man of peace, said, a society is always judged by the way they treat their animals. 
and you look around New York City, look at all the emotionally disturbed person, these lost souls walking the streets, the homeless who are out in the streets, mindless at times, not in control of their mental or physical faculties. And you say, by golly, Gandhi was so right. Look, look what happens when animals are surrendered to the New York City shelter system. They never tell you. They never tell you, especially now with inflation, especially now where you can barely make ends meet, especially for the senior citizens who can barely survive, and they cry and they turn in their beloved dog. They cry and they turn in their beloved cat. And they never tell you with the shelter system, you know, if we can't find another home, we're going to have to uh, destroy this animal. Because I know these people would say, no, no, I'd rather starve to death than have my family member destroyed. I thought you were going to take better care. I thought you were going to find them a home of their own. Yes, within 72 hours. But if not, that's it. It's uh, it's uh, the death penalty for those animals. So understand, this is a tremendous time of need. There are so many animals out there like tuna. If you get a chance, you can actually see Tuna in that first TV commercial I did. She stole the show. Uh, and it was so important because I made that the theme. You know, Law and Order obviously was the theme, dealing with the homeless, the emotionally disturbed, which I've done for years, and I have a, a certain expertise I've acquired over the years. We'll talk about that later on tonight when we talk about uh, parents now, hipster millennial parents taking their children to therapists because when they see the homeless, when they see the emotionally disturbed, when they see the antics of their survival ritual in the streets, they're so traumatized, they have to go for therapy. We'll discuss that in full length when I come back at 9 o'clock. But for now, it was so good to eventually hear five hours later, Tuna Meow. Tuna Meow. Tuna, tuna was back. It's almost like... Uh, uh, my wife, Nancy, was like a miracle worker with these cats, had brought Tuna back from the dead, like Lazarus back from the dead. And that's when I felt, okay, it's time to get back at it, got to prepare, got to come to WABC to continue on my mission, which is to connect you. No, 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 I, I don't do the kind of talk radio that I hear all the time here in other places on our talk TV. You know, Biden sucks, Trump is God, enough of that. You know my opinion on that. Out with the old, out with Trump, out with Biden, and start bringing in some new blood. That's my opinion. But that's not what we talk about on the various shows that I do. I talk about situations that I know you can personally connect to regardless of your political affiliation, regardless if you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter or you're apolitical or you just haven't made up your mind. And I will tell you this. It's great attention on the Tunnel to Tower run, as there always should be each and every year. The family of Stephen Seller does an amazing job in now helping people who are not just affected by 9-11. And in the aftermath, all the illness, the airborne illness that they were afflicted with. So many have been tortured. So many have died as they provided housing for those, uh, those uh, first responders. But housing for cops families killed in the line of duty or if they were seriously injured and servicemen and servicewomen all over the law, uh, all over the world serving our country who they themselves may have given of their lives or been so physically and mentally mauled that they can't take care of themselves anymore and tunnel to towers Stephen Siller Foundation does an amazing job 
I had a chance when I came in to look up at the panoply of screens, and I saw it was good coverage. I liked that. Unlike uh, the commemoration of 9-11, where all I saw was what was going on across the pond in England, the very country that we fought a revolution to break from so that we wouldn't have to uh, bow, buck, and curtsy to a queen or a king. And I noticed that leading as they lead each and every year firefighters from the NYPD, many of them in their bunker gear, many of them in their trench coats, many of them wearing their helmets, running through that tunnel. I saw a lot of white men, probably a lot of them Irish. And I would say on this uh, annual Tunnel to Tower run, I don't know if most uh, New Yorkers are aware that our city council... The Democratic Socialists of America, the Democrat liberal progressives are out to destroy the fire department as we know it. They have said by March 1st their intent is to take a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to a fire department that you and I have known in growing up. It's been predominantly white, white male, Irish. And uh, they have said, that's it. FDN firefighters, you might have been... Uh, the bravest, but we're getting rid of you through attrition. Basically, thank you, but no thank you. Get the hell out of here. Because there are too many white men, too many Irish uh, white men. And the city council is hell-bent on changing all of that. Now, look, there's nothing wrong with diversity. But you got to have a civil service test that you take. That's the great thing about civil service, uniform civil service whether it's cops or firefighters, You're taking a civil service test. You can move up the ranks. More importantly, in the fire department, all the way to the top, not so much the police department, you reach a certain level, and then it's all political. It's all political. It has nothing to do with civil service. But the physical that you take to become a firefighter is incredibly difficult, as it's been described to me. A firefighter who is lost in the attack of 9-11... Steve, he was part of the firefighter unit right opposite uh, Lincoln Center. Uh, he told me, because he helped me uh, in spreading stickball all over the city when I was the stickball commissioner under Giuliani and then Bloomberg, and then Bill de Blasio said, F you, Sliwa. And I said, a double F you back. You wouldn't even know what the hell stickball is. But then again, Bloomberg didn't either. But Steve helped me organize the tournaments, born and raised a Puerto Rican, the South Bronx, grew up in the projects. His parents put him through Catholic school, and he said, Curtis, I was always physically fit. Man, uh, you gave me a physical challenge. I could handle it. Uh, when I saw that physical test, I had to get it through it the first time. He said it was torturous. Luckily, an old-timer had told me how difficult it would be, and I could... I could actually prepare for what was required in that physical, where others, some minorities, just, they didn't. They were physically fit, like some of the white guys, the white gals who tried to qualify, and they just, they couldn't handle that part of the qualifications. And let's face it, that is imperative. When they, when they go in like the Canarsie kid did, remember when we were all paying tribute to the Canarsie kid at the firehouse in Canarsie? who went into that fire that was burning on the outskirts of Canarsie in that private home, and then he died of smoke uh, inhalation. He was as physically fit as you could get. I remember meeting his family out in the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. I remember going to his wake in Flatbush 
And look, the fire department has become more diverse, but it is still predominantly white, still predominantly male, and I would say still predominantly Irish. But do you think that family that he was rushing in to save looked at him and said, you know, I wish uh, I would let you pick me up and carry me out so I don't die in the flames and in the smoke, but you're white, you're Irish, you're male, sorry. So coming off of the 21st commemoration of 9-11, in which we paid little, if any, tribute. Remember, the firefighters lost, if memory serves me correctly, and uh, I apologize because I'm, I'm off my game now because I've been up for, like, uh, two days straight. But if I remember correctly, it was, like, uh, 343 men and so many others afterwards who died horrific tragic deaths from inhaling all the toxins in the air as they were down in the pit trying to rescue their colleagues. And Christine Todd Whitless, remember that worthless piece of crap. The former governor, the patrician there, who did a lousy job as Republican governor in New Jersey, and then the Peter principal kicked in. She was kicked upstairs and became the EPA chief. This remember she said we've we've tested the air. There are no toxins. You can go back into the largest crematorium in the world. You don't need gloves, respirators. You don't need masks. You don't need any protection. She freaking lied. And because of that, so many died. And now city council, the ultimate slap in the face, saying we can't wait for you white Irish men in the fire department to leave, retire, take early retirement. Just leave. Get the hell out of here. Because we're going to replace you one way or the other. We're going to lower the standards. We're going to have individuals who are not as qualified just for the sake of diversity. You watch this. And so I apologize for not joining all of the heroic individuals there who actually are heroes each and every day. And others who had come from all over the world to support the Tunnel to Tower run. But I think, as you can see, uh, I need a mood elevator because my my buddy, Tuna, I call her AARP, neurologically impaired, suffering, but we brought her back from certain death. And uh, it's another success story. You know, I know there are animal rescuers and others who dedicate their life, and they know what this feeling is like. But understand why I, I couldn't join you today as I had in the early years when there were few, if any, people there. Just don't let, don't let these elected officials destroy what is so sacred to our city, what is so sacred to our country, the service of men and women, regardless of their ethnic or racial background. There is no color. There is no ethnic background. They are heroes, period. And that's why you had a Tunnel to Tower run earlier today again to honor Stephen Siller and all of his mates before, now, and in the near future for being the heroes that they are. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. What you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, am 
Sugar Hill came out. It was the beginning of rap. It was happy rap. It was party music. You didn't hear about a booty call. You didn't hear about guns, money, drugs. Everything that is almost equated with the degenerate hip-hop rap world of violence, dissing and dismissing, that you can uh, bifurcate. If you uh, actually have some street knowledge, which uh, unfortunately the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, has proven to me time and time again that he's not all that street smart. Let me take you through the latest of what's going on. Because Eric Adams has proven to be a litigation nightmare, a massive fiscal liability to you and every one of the taxpayers who contribute to the Treasury of the city of New York, who then uh, some of that money gets uh, given out by Corporation Council as they settle case after case, civil case filed against the city. Not just the slip and fall cases, the accident cases, but the cases where individuals sue and claim that their rights were violated. And there are two on the radar screen i got to share with you. And I know, I just know the lead witness in their defense will be the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, because he can't keep his freaking mouth shut. He's like lens lights. It's like there are times he doesn't know any of the details, but the lure of the cameras and the microphones are such that he feels he has to say something. And ultimately, he is a defense attorney and ambulance chases delight. Many love him because he makes statements on behalf of their defendants uh, or, more importantly, uh, uh, when they file a class action suit then you know they're going to call the mayor up to the witness stand. He's going to say, I can't get up there, man. I can't defend this. You, you just settle, Corporation Council. Throw money at it. That ain't his money. It ain't the Democratic Party's money. It's our freaking tax dollars. So let me take you to the latest. When I saw this, I said, man, the ambulance chases are going to love it. So they have what they call this rolling loud festival out at City Field. First off, I don't understand why we allow this. Uh, I know that City Field, it's like a partnership between uh, the city of New York and uh, Stephen Cohen, the billionaire owner of the Mets who should have been in jail for insider trading information. But, hey, you know, you say, hey, better than the Will Ponzi's, right? Whose best friend was Bernie Madoff, right? Okay. I think it just it's part of the DNA of the ownership of the New York Mets. So I've never forgiven uh, Stephen Combe, but it is what it is. And they allow this uh, Rolling Loud Festival, which is mostly rap, not limited to rap, but mostly rap, and they like you bifurcate. It's like got all three kinds of rap. So you got uh, Mickey Minaj uh, Etois. I don't know if she goes up on the stage with three or four people and having simulated sex while she's performing. But let's face it, you wouldn't consider her hardcore. Nah, nah, nah. You know, she she's a pretender. She's a pretender. And then Future, okay. Then there's Future. He's from Georgia. That's right. Oh, deep South, Dirty South. And then, of course, there's the man of the moment, ASAP Rocky. Why do we know ASAP Rocky? Because he hooked up with Rihanna. 
And then all of a sudden, they're taking their private jet uh, jet from uh, Barbados, Barbadian, as Rihanna is. They land, and L.A. gets locked up. Because a few years ago, he took his gun out, he fired two shots at somebody, and so they booked him on that. And see, that gives him street cred, because he's more like a Will Smith, you know, a bubblegum rapper, fashionista, not what you would call a really hardcore rapper, but now that he's been booked, you know, L.A., Never going to see a day in L.A. County, I can assure you of that. He's got street cred. But then you got all these drill rappers. And the NYPD, for the second time, has basically gone to the promoters of the show, which obviously are leasing the space from the city. And I'm sure the Mets have some kind of involvement in this, but probably a minority involvement. And they have specifically told the promoters at Rolling Loud Festival, and I mean, hey, Look, uh, this is mainstream now. I mean, you just look at the Fortune 500 companies that are bankrolling this festival. Uh, Rich, I need my Sugar Hill connection because I'm going to become comfortably numb talking about... Oh, no, no, that's Pink Floyd. We're talking about Roger Waters in the next hour. And specifically, um, how do you separate your love of the music from the politics of the people who are making the music. That's the next hour, okay? Again, we're not talking Trump. We're not talking Biden. You can listen to WABC all week long. That's all you hear. A steady diet of it. Trump is God. All hail Trump. Biden sucks. Out with the old, in with the new. But then again, that may not be the case. So let's stay on track here. No, 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 no. Tuna, Tuna's recovering. I'm getting texts from uh, Nurse Nancy there and... Nightingale, she's like uh, Clara Barton, like uh, the best. She's keeping uh, keeping Tuna alive. Thank God for that. But the real growing wave of rap, and we're talking about those who are in their teens, in their early twenties, is drill rap. It's not Sugar Hill. It's not even Snoop Dogg, or Dr. Dre, or Eminem, Slim Shady. They're considered old, old farts. You know. You get the young folks listening, they're like, what What the hell is that? It's like tonight when uh, Joe Piscopo comes on with Sinatra for two hours. You have some young people listen, but most would say, click, 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 click. Same thing. I know a lot of you say, come on, they don't turn off Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Uh, Didn't they perform at the Super Bowl halftime show with Slim Shady, Eminem? Yeah, but they considered all farts. Hey, you got to get hip. You got to understand what's going on in the streets. Our mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Brooklyn Borough president, right for eight years, state senator before that. He always fashions himself as being a fly guy. Uh, he's interfered with this, which is going to cost us a lot of money. Let me explain it first. So the NYPD scrutinized the list of the performers at the Rolling Loud Festival at City Field. It's when Friday, Saturday ends today. And they immediately said, this artist, this artist, this artist, these drill rappers, they got to go. You cannot have this performance or willing to shut you down. Could have had my music, Rich. You are depriving me of my old fart uh, rap music here, please, because uh, I don't want to play any drill rap from Pop Smoke, who is from Canarsie. I'm going to explain him momentarily. They did this once before, and they said guys like 22 G's, and Pop Smoke, they can't perform, even though they were big and drilled. If they perform, we shut you down. So naturally, the promoters say, we got no choice. We got all these uh, artists who have flown in from all over the world. We can't do that. So we capitulate to the NYPD. That 
In fact, I think that was back in 2019. This is before Pop Smoke got popped uh, out there in Beverly Hills. Yeah, man, they, they riddled him full of lead. Why? Because he was a crip, all blue, and the Bloods found him out there. You know, East Coast, West Coast, but and more of a modern-day East Coast, West Coast. Not like Biggie Smalls versus Tupac. Tupac, he's alive! They're considered old farts now. So let me get back on track, because uh, I'm digressing. So the NYPD again goes uh, to the promoters and says, you can't have these drill rappers. Now, if I mentioned their names, you would say, what the hell are you talking about, Sliwa? Three of them are eliminated, because obviously the promoters have a lot invested. Look at all these. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the companies uh, that are bankrolling these, uh, these degenerate uh, drill rap concerts, Sprite. A division of Coca-Cola. Meta! No, not World Meta Peace. No, 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 no. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the kid who uses Clearasil still. Now he says he's taking mixed martial arts. The Zuck, the Zuck. You know, Facebook, Instagram, all that. Verizon, Xbox, Microsoft, Bill Gates. We're talking Fortune 500 companies. And so naturally they eliminate. Well, now the ambulance chasers have said, you did it once. Now we're going to sue you, city of New York, because you're violating their First Amendment rights of free speech. And you left some Jill rappers on the menu, which is true, because what the hell does the NYPD know? You know, it's like, you think the police commissioner, Sewell, sits at home in Nassau County. By the way, she refuses to uh, come to New York City, which are the rules and regulations, after six months. If you're a police commissioner and you live outside of the five boroughs, you have to move back in. She said, I ain't moving back in. Because probably she's going to put in her retirement papers in October and be out of one police plaza in January. But you really think Sewell knows anything about drill rap? No. So who pumps in? Of course, the swagger man with no plan. And let me give you the history here. First, he said he knew nothing about drill rap. Nothing about drill rap. Even though Brooklyn, in the city of New York, is the origin of drill rap. I first heard it in Chicago about 12 years ago. It's in London. It's in different cities. But Brooklyn is considered the epicenter and now the Bronx. So he said he knows nothing about nothing about drill rap. I need my music here, Rich. You understand? This is like my adrenaline. I need the old school rap, you know, happy rap, Sugar Hill. What the hell is wrong with you, Rich? We're not playing drill rap. We're not playing the Monsters of Mayhem, the Dis and Dismissed uh, Boys, the Drug Boys. The gun boys who just like to shoot at one another and use this as an excuse. Then he said publicly we need to ban drill rap. And his son, who works for Jay-Z, the other degenerate uh, hip-hop rapper, now a billionaire, grew up in the Marcy Avenue projects, and his claim to fame was he shot his older brother. He did a rap record on it, he dropped it, and he made millions from that, shooting his own freaking brother. See, the uh, acorn doesn't fall far from the rotted tree. But I digress again. So then his uh, his son sits down and says, Dad, you can't ban it. Let me explain it. So then what the hell does Eric Adams do? He invites all these degenerate hip-hop drill rappers who are dissing and dismissing one another, threatening one another on their, their rap uh, drops. He invites them to City Hall. He has a photo op. It's like it's like sitting down, you know, with the commission. You know, the heads of organized crime. And they're all smiling because they know they've gotten over on Eric Adams like a fat rat. In the meantime, he's sitting there and he looks like 
He looks like it's a hostage video. He realizes, oh, my God, what did my mouth get me into? So let's go back to what he originally said about drill rap, which is a complete menace to neighborhoods in the five boroughs of the city of New York. People who are using drill rapping to post who they killed and then antagonize the people who they are going to kill is what the problem is. Okay, I buy that. But then he invites them to City Hall, right? I mean, would you invite members of the Gambinos, the Genovese, the Lucchese's, the Columbo's, the Bananos to City Hall? I mean, come on. Would you invite members of the Bloods, the Crips, the Latin Kings, MS-13, 18th Street, Trinitarios to City Hall? This mayor probably would for a photo op, claiming he's going to bring peace. And then he went on and he said this. We're going to be rolling out something in the next few days to deal with this issue. It was a great conversation. I was happy to have them there. And he did absolutely nothing, which is so typical of uh, Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan. And, you know, a lot of you folks, you still get bamboozled. You say, oh, he says all the right things. But he never follows up. He never follows up. You know what happened immediately after the conference he hosted with the degenerate Drive-by shooting, drill rappers of the five boroughs of the city of New York. The uh, DA actually showed that she was willing to arrest people. Darcel Clark, she doesn't get the same attention as Alvin Bragg, who loves criminals to turn them loose. But Darcel Clark locked up 20 drill rappers up in the Bronx, charged them with all kinds of crimes against society, shootings, beatdowns, dissing and dismissing drill raps. Some of them had been at the City Hall Conference. And the media, you think they looked at the pictures of those who had been arrested and the drill uh, rapper gang crackdown in the Bronx and those who had just been in City Hall? Of course not. And you know why, uh, Rich? Uh, they're make whitey whiteys you know. They're mostly reporters. They have no idea what this drill rap is. Uh, I need my music here, Rich. You're, you're depriving me. I'm like a, a junkie who needs a fix. Because they got to bifurcate this. You know, not all rap is bad. Kind of hard to find really good rap. You got to go old school. But imagine this. And drill rappers are now lawyering up. And they're going to sue us. Remember, not Eric Adams personally. They have qualified immunity. Oh, qualified immunity. Uh, cops don't. They strip cops of qualified immunity, which meant like other civil servants, like other uniform services, like judges, DAs, like elected officials, like appointed officials. They're protected from being sued personally, but no longer cops from Buffalo to Brooklyn. And Eric Adams led the effort to strip cops of qualified immunity. So we're the suckers who are going to have to pay for this. Because you know what's going to happen. All the ambulance chaser representing these drill rappers who were denied access to City Field by the NYPD are going to call us their lead witness. Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, and he's going to say to Corporation Council, settle. I can't afford that kind of photo op where I'm giving testimony on behalf of guys who've done drive-by shootings, who are enemies in the hood of the elderly who are trapped in their tenement apartments and in the projects. No, no, no. Give them whatever they want to make them go away. Eric Adams, do us a favor. Shut your freaking mouth, especially when you don't know anything about anything, which you didn't ever know about Joe Rap, and you just don't have street smarts. Up next... 
another lawsuit that we're going to have to pay a lot of money on. Because Eric Adams decided he was going to weigh in. He was going to call a DA. He was going to try to influence a DA. I thought he doesn't try to influence DAs like Alvin Bragg or Darcel Clark or his very dear friend, Eric Gonzalez in Brooklyn, who actually has a policy of diversion. So if they catch you with a loaded 9mm gun, you don't go to jail. You go for cookies and milk every Friday and you promise you won't do it again and they cut you loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, wait till you hear this one, because it affects my combate cheech, Rudy Giuliani. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now this is the greatest rap song of all time. That's right, Rich. Uh, I got to school you on this. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. About 1982, this came out. I was rocking the streets, the subways, the parks of the Bronx. This became an anthem. Because he described what was going on in the Bronx then. And boy, you could resurrect this. And it applies to everything going on in the Bronx right now. It was a anthem about how badly the Bronx was slipping into the abyss. Back then, a million people had fled New York City. A million people. We're starting to approach that. The exodus to Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. Even with a hurricane coming in Florida, I bet you some of the folks would say, yeah, we're going down there. We'll risk dealing with the hurricane that's going to hit Florida probably on Wednesday rather than deal with all the Michigash and craziness in the streets of the five boroughs of the city of New York. Well, let's get back on track. Uh, Jacques Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan, that he is a litigation nightmare and a massive liability sometimes when he opens up his big mouth because he can't stop being lens lights. He acts like he's pretentious, he's omnipotent, he knows about everything. And after a while, if you've known him as long as I do, more than 40 years, guy really isn't that smart. You know, if he hasn't been given cue cards and he hasn't been sort of revved up on a subject, he should not be talking about things he knows nothing about. So let me take you back to my Kumbaricic. He was in the waning days of the GOP primary for the governorship. Heated primary, if you remember. The eventual winner, Congressman Lee Zeldin, won by 20% against my candidate and obviously Rudy's candidate, his son, Andrew Giuliani. And Rob Astorino from Westchester and Harry Wilson. Fair and square, he won. And I believe uh, almost all of us have circled our wagons behind his candidacy. It's the only thing that can save the state of New York from, again, having even more of an exodus towards Florida, as the recent stats have indicated. Save us from uh, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb uh, being elected. Uh, for the first time as governor, remember she replaced Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Brota Cuomo, King Cuomo I, when he was forced to resign as the perv in chief. Yeah, by the way, an update. He was seen out at the compound, Fredo, uh, Chris Cuomo's compound, walking around, you know, having hunkered down, stirring the marinara sauce, he hit the mattresses, the moan, the Joe Pococo. His uh, wartime consigliere and leg breaker was released from federal prison after doing six years of political corruption. 
On behalf of Andrew Evelage Cuomo, yeah, Roman, they're planning their comeback, planning their comeback. It's like vampires, you know, just when you think you've killed them, they, they come right on out of the grave. So anyway, you caused me to digress here, Rich, once again, but naturally you're keeping the tune of the greatest rap song of all time, The Message. Grandmaster Flash, Furious 5. If any of you have never heard it, uh, you know, just download the lyrics and you'll see what I'm talking about if you're not into rap. It was so spot on in the early 80s and it'd be so spot on now in 2022. So let me take you back to the day before the actual election and Rudy, who was like, bing, 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 ricochet rabbit on behalf of his son's gubernatorial candidacy, was all over the state of New York. And he made a final stop at the ShopRite supermarket in the South Shore, which every Republican, that, that's like the Mecca and Medina. Almost everybody who goes to that ShopRite is a Republican. So if you're collecting signatures to qualify, you go there because you know you're going to get solid Republicans. And Rudy goes in there and he's like a rock star, right? You know, like, hey, Rudy, Rudy, you saved us. And he did. And so he's talking, and then all of a sudden, this employee named Daniel Gill comes up behind him, smacks him in the back. Remember, Rudy got on with me on Sunday right after he had been attacked, and this Daniel Gill had been charged with felony assault by the local precinct. Cops made the decision, not Rudy. Remember, Rudy's not in office. He's not the U.S. attorney any longer. In fact, they took away his ability to practice law in New York and D.C. So he's not even the complainant. There were witnesses who described to the police who came exactly what transpired, including employees of ShopRite, because he was a fellow employee. So he gets arrested, and then he gets released like 12 hours later. And you would have thought that he was suffering from post-traumatic shock syndrome. Oh, my God, 12 hours in a jail cell in Staten Island. Please spare me. But... Again, and this is the danger because just yesterday, the ambulance chasers representing Daniel Gill are suing, not Rudy, not suing Rudy. Guess who they're suing? Us, City of New York, Corporation Council, our money. This is what he said to his lawyers. I did not commit any crime. I expressed my opinion. I think 90% of the people who saw Rudy Giuliani would have the desire to call Rudy Giuliani a scumbag. I did not commit any crime. I have no regrets. I exercised my First Amendment right of free speech. So obviously it's the narrative, it's the spin. He's suing the city, us, for $2 million because he was so traumatized. And you know who's going to be the lead witness in this suit? I want you to listen closely. A swagger man with no plan who can't keep his mouth shut, who is a litigation nightmare and a massive liability to the monies that we contribute each and every day to our taxes. Giuliani is not my focus. My focus is the safety of the city. I understand. And also the fair treatment of New Yorkers. His articulation of what happened was far different from that video. Uh, that is the issue. And to have a New Yorker who did not commit a crime and spend 24 hours in, a, in jail based on an articulation of an assault is troubling to me. And that is what I wanted to make clear. Jail is one of the most impactful, traumatizing things that can happen to an innocent New Yorker. And we need to be very careful before we place a New Yorker who has not committed a crime inside incarceration. Our freedom is at the foundation of our Constitution. 
Oh, please, knock it off. 12 hours in the stir on Staten Island, right? God. Hey, Eric Adams. Oh, I did hard time. What he did one day in Spotford. Never tells you the true story. Said, oh, you know, I was jacked up by cops in Jamaica, white cops. And then all of a sudden, a black sergeant came down the steps of the precinct in Jamaica, saw the white cops waylaying me and my older brother, and he said, knock it off, and I knew right away, wow, here's a black man who can tell white people, crackers, what to do. But he never described what he got locked up for. Turns out later, the McWhitey-Whitey reporters, who didn't do a deep dig, finally did. Oh, him and his older brother. They were working for a prostitute, a stripper, claiming that they went out to get her groceries because she had broke her leg. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they were steering John's there, right? And probably getting a shot of leg as a reward. Come on! Everybody in the hood knows that. But the McWhitey-Whitey reporters, really? By golly, Curtis, now how do you know that that goes on? I find that very offensive. He was traumatized. He, he, he went to spot for, yeah, one day. And he claimed that his mother, mother had to pick him up at the precinct. No, if you get released from Spotford, the old juvenile detention, uh, detention facility in Hunts Point, they pick you up there. They don't ship you back to the precinct. I don't believe any of that, uh, hokum. But anyway, uh, that's part of his narrative. He was traumatized. He suffered post-traumatic stress syndrome, just like Daniel Gill. <laughs> Who do you think they're going to call as the lead witness in this $2 million suit against us? Eric Adams. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, laugh, laugh. It's because our money, not your money. And by the way, the other part of the story is he picks up the phone. He claims, I never interfere with DAs. I don't interfere with Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten. I never pick up the phone. You know, they're independent and autonomous because, really, it's a state position. It's not a city position. A lot of people don't realize that. Well, in this case, he not only picked up the phone with the Democratic uh, DA McMahon, the ambulance chaser out in Staten Island. Why the Republicans don't want a candidate against him is beyond me because it's the old philosophy. We scratch your belly, you scratch ours. Hey, right, everything copacetic. Oofa. So he's having conversations, and he reported that, yeah, I told McMahon he should lock up Rudy because he filed an illegal report about a crime being committed, a false police report. Lock him up. Now, if you were the ambulance chaser who's going to get a third of this $2 million, who are you going to call up to that witness stand civil litigation? You're going to call the mayor of the city of New York, the swagger man with no plan, and he's going to get the subpoena through corporation counsel, and he's going to look at this guy named McGuire, who's a little pisher, a little schmendrick, a person in no contract. Hey, my father was the former police commissioner under Ed Koch. Yeah, your father, the police commissioner, 79 to 83, wasn't even a cop. He was a lawyer. <laughs> So he's going to get the subpoena, and he's going to look at this guy, McGuire, head of corporation council. He's going to settle it. I, I can't get on the stand. I, this is not good. Just give them whatever they want. Make them go away. You know how to do that. You do it for the city almost each and every day. So, ladies and gentlemen, understand this. Common sense says that somebody's got to get hold of this mayor, someone within his inner circle. And say, man, you are a litigation nightmare. You are a massive liability. You got to shut your mouth. 
Because when you speak, we, the citizens, pay through taxes that go to the city treasury. And next year alone, guess what? The tsunami is coming. We're going to be $10 billion in the hole on the verge of potentially becoming fiscally insolvent. And we're giving away mad money because Eric Adams, the swagger man, can't stop himself from talking and being lensliced. Up next, how do you separate the artist from the message? You love the music, but you hate the politics. We're going to do a deep dive here on the Curtis Lewis Show. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Comfortably numb, huh? Pink Floyd, the McWhitey Whitey group. Oh, man. You have to turn in your African American identity card by saying you like, hey, what about you, Dizzy Izzy, as we got the All Brothers crew here at WABC? How come I'm the only one who always works with all the brothers? Overnights, right? The other side of midnight, the better side of midnight. You can listen to uh, Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6 as I take you to the break of dawn. And then so nice, the suits let me do it twice Sunday mornings, 12 midnight to 6 to the break of dawn. And I have uh, Broadway Bill Lee on loan from WCBS-FM, iconic figure there. He likes to try his own. He likes to rap uh, himself. I say, save it for the shower, Bill. But thank you for coming on board. And, of course, Avery, our telephone talent coordinator and nighttime producer. But now look at this. Uh, we got two brothers uh, with me in the afternoon. I guess they figure I'm the only one who can work with the brothers. We got Rich, who's into the McWhitey Whitey band, ultimately of all time Pink Floyd. Loving comfortably numb. So I guess you were dropping some acid along the way, right? Well, seeing that pink pig, oh yeah, floating overhead, dizzy izzy. Yeah, you've always been dizzy. You didn't need any acid to make you any dizzier. Oh yeah, I love this. I love this part. Oh. Now you see. This is a great song, and I'll acknowledge having listened to Pink Floyd. Hey, you! Hey, you! Learn to fly, you know, like that pink pig that always, like, flies over their concerts. I like it because they have a lot of social commentary. In fact, um, the one I remember, you read the lyrics of Roger Waters, he's the leader, and... That, that therein leads us into the discussion is how do you separate the artist from the politics that they have? I mean, because this spreads all over the music scene. It doesn't matter what the genre. But I remember the, the Pink Floyd Animal, uh, Floyd album called Animals. It was based on the Orwellian fable Animal Farms, right? So you listen to the lyrics. They describe different classes of society, dogs, pigs, sheep, and, of course, Napoleon the pig. 
who's totally in charge. Now, if you happen to be a um, observant uh, Jew or a Muslim, you say, oh, my God, a Hazarai, a pig was in charge? Man, we can't do that. But, yeah, Napoleon was in charge, and it is so relative to what has happened, happening in our society today, all through the years, George Orwell. When you look at guys like Putin, when you look at uh, the Ayatollahs in uh, Iran, the demonstrations, the fact that those folks will be dragged into the gulag, tortured, raped, killed, they will disappear. And you say, and we're brave here in America. I mean, that's like the ultimate sign of bravery. To stand up to Napoleon the pig from uh, George Orwell's animal farm in the form of Putin, in the form of the Ayatollah, in the form of Xi, the dictator in Red China. It's it. That's it, man. Look at the Uyghurs. No, 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 no. not the Weavers. What the hell? We got our uh, weekend producer here, Kevin Joyce. He's talking folk music, the Weavers. No, the Uyghurs, you know, the Muslims in Western China, they're putting concentration camps. Wow, man, I don't know what is up with your generation. And I should have forced you to march with the dictators, despots, and tyrants this week as Manhattan was tied up in gridlock. We'll call it dictator lock, despot lock, tyrant lock. The march of all those who hate us here in America to the General Assembly. And we basically had to bend over and say, guess what? Don't use the petrogel, please. I, I just want to, yeah, really give it to me good. And they do it each and every year, right? Each and every year. But I, I'm amazed here, Rich. You're comfortably numb. Wow. Oh, it's that acid, right? I mean, let's face it. How many of you out there listening, and they originally to Pink Floyd, I think they came about in the 60s. I mean, they've been at it a long time. And let's face it, I would have to say that Pink Floyd, when I first became aware of them, was like a psychedelic shack. Psychedelic shack, that's where it's at, group. You know, the Temptations, I mean, psychedelic. And they put on quite a show. They got the laser light shows. They got the pink pig flying over your head. When Even when it's not flying over the, your head, you imagine it it's from the acid that you've ingested. And great guitar riffs, right? Great guitar riffs by Gilmore. Although, if you follow Pink Floyd, I remember originally they had another guy who was their lead guitarist, and he went insane in the brain. Got locked up in some mental asylum somewhere in Bristol, England, and that's when they brought Gilmore in. And, but the person who is responsible for a lot of the lyrics is the lightning rod in terms of controversy, and that's Roger Waters. I remember he was with them, he left them, he was with them, they rejoined, they left, you know, it's like marriages, you know, the Pink Floyd, they break up to make up, they've done this over their history, extraordinarily successful all over the world. But now they're being banned. Nation of Poland has said, we're banning you uh, because of Roger Waters. And there are a lot of Pink Floyd fans in Poland, from Krakow to uh, Warsaw, who are not happy at all with this because they're saying, wait a second, got to separate yourself from the political message of some of the key participants in bands and performers and, and not get focused on that, but get focused on the music, get focused on the lyrics, you know. The whole idea is music is a departure from the day-to-day -day drudgery 
and dreariness of what life can be for so many people, an escape. How many of you immediately ran home from junior high school and high school when you had the vinyl of Pink Floyd? And I know which particular album in particular you played over and over, The Wall. Over and over until the point you had to go out and get more vinyl. You destroyed the vinyl. You brought your friends over, right? Mom and dad were working. They were away. You know, you were a latchkey kid playing Pink Floyd. And then all of a sudden said, look, oh, Litmus here, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse. Which one would you like to try? Put it on your tongue. Ah, four hours. And you are, I mean, you're in a different stratosphere. Mommy and daddy come home. How's everything going? Couldn't be better. Oh, boy. Couldn't be better. This is the trip of all trips. Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to the trip we're going to take this uh, summer, Dad, to Yosemite National Park to look at Yogi Bear and Boo Boo Bear. Oh, wait a second. I was tripping out on Yogi Bear and Boo Boo Bear. Was it Yogi Bear? Yogi Berra, number eight of the New York Yankees? Seventh anniversary of his death. You, you know, you start tripping all different ways, and then all of a sudden, your parents said, "Have you been smoking that marijuana?" No, no, Dad, no, Mom, no. Mom. Look, look, search me, search, search all around. There's nothing, nothing. And they'd search, and they'd say, "I'm so proud of you, son, for telling the truth." Uh, we brought in uh, one of the dare pr- presenters from school. You know, Sergeant Morris. He came in here with uh, McGruff, the crime-fighting dog, and they sniffed around. You can't sniff the acid, right? It's like you, you take the tab of acid, you put it on your tongue, gone. You could have it in a little uh, little wallet. You'd never know it. You know, your parents might find it and say, wow, I didn't know you went to Disney characters. Mickey Mouse, why didn't you tell us? We were planning a trip to Disney World. Wow, can you imagine tripping in the... Disney World Complex. You know, on that pirate boat going around the castle, the Magic Kingdom. Not magic anymore. A lot of complaints. Pricing too high. You imagine you're on acid. You got Pink Floyd playing in your head. And you see those those big guys sitting in those electric wheelchairs that we pay for, right, through Medicaid. And they got the two big turkey legs, one in each hand, as they're going throughout Disney World. And you're saying, man, that is a trip. And mommy and daddy never knew, right? Right, Rich? They catch you smoking a... Hey, look. Catch you smoking a spliff, right? They could Even they could smell marijuana. What is that smell? I know that's not incense. Are you smoking that wacky tobacco and Dizzy Izzy would say, No, I'm just dizzy all the time, naturally. But... You see, they're hip. See, the brothers are hip to this. I could have some McWhitey Whiteys in here, you know... They give me some McWhitey-Whitey sometimes from the Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight Show, right? And they're like, huh? What? They got this uh, telephone talent coordinator overnight, this guy Ken. He's got a muscle between both ears. He goes, huh? And then they got a fugitive from law. There's no doubt about it. This Matt Blaze, eh, that's an alias. And then they got this guy Alex, the producer. What a brown nose. He got his schnoz all the way up Frank Morano's tush. And they're the McWhitey Whiteys. And if I had this discussion, they wouldn't know what the hell's going on. So I want to ask you, how do you separate the artists? And it's just not limited to Pink Floyd, but I think Pink Floyd, through Roger Waters, has become the most egregious 
Because remember, he said, no, no, we're boycotting Israel. We're part of the BDS uh, boycott, divestment, sanctions movement. We support Rashidi Talibi uh, and Ilhan Omar, you know, two of the four squad members, AOC, All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the the African-American woman from uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Her name escapes me. But they're like all in solidarity. So a lot of hardcore Jews, they love Pink Floyd, but they really don't like Roger Waters. But they go, they listen. And now... He's like really flipped his script. He went on CNN, and you would think that he was a, a, like Steven Seagal, friend of Vladimir Putin. Jay, you're tripping out on comfortably numb. You know, there's the cut in there, Roger Waters of CNN. I know Dizzy is. He tried to help your brother in solidarity here. Either that or contact Kevin Drosh and let's see if we can resuscitate it here. You're killing my, you're killing my style here. You see, you're killing my style. So anyway, uh, Roger Waters, who is not a, a uh, what can we call him? A person who says, no comments, you know, I don't want to give you uh, any political commentary, is always volunteering politically what he stands for. Uh, in fact, let's listen to him recently on what used to be the Clinton National Network and the Cuomo National Network, and now they claim that they're going to be fair and square and right down the middle. President Joe Biden? Yeah. Well, he's fueling the fire in the Ukraine for a start. That is a huge crime. What about our role as liberators? We, you have no role as liberators. World what are you War II? Pearl Harbor. You were completely isolationist until that sad, devastating, I, I would argue awful we were day always in, going to in get in, and that pushed us in. Right? Thank God the Russians had already won the bloody war almost by then. Try and figure out what the United States would do if the Chinese were putting nuclear on missiles into Mexico and Canada. The Chinese are too busy encircling Taiwan as we speak. Okay? They're not encircling Taiwan. Taiwan is part of China. And oh. that's been absolutely accepted by the whole of the international community since 1948. You're believing your side's propaganda. You're, if you're having a conversation about human rights, at the top of the list of offenders are the Chinese. Why is it the Chinese the didn't invade Iraq and kill a million people in 2003? Who have the Chinese invaded and slaughtered in their own bollocks? Okay. That's absolute nonsense. <laughs> bollocks. I love using that as I did all through the the video orgy of the eleven days of the constant funeral, as I would say. Bollocks, bollocks. I guess the FCC uh, hasn't caught up to that term like when I called uh, Prince Charles, now King uh, Charles the Third, a wanker. I guess they haven't caught up to that. Man, let me tell you something. Bad, bad. But here it is. You got Roger Waters boycotting Israel, part of BDS, boycott, divestment, sanctions, supporting Putin versus Zelensky, and obviously against NATO, the United States, Canada, supporting Xi in Red China, even though we know that's an oppressive regime, just ask the Uyghurs, not the Weavers. The folk group from the 60s. I know Kevin Joshi's. You know, he's like in a time machine flashback. Uyghurs, Uyghurs, Muslims in Western China. 
In fact, my uh, sister Maria does fabulous work in promoting uh, the atrocities that are committed against them in New Jersey. She does wonderful work. They need all the attention they can get because they get stymied by the mainstream press. So uh, I'm appealing first to Pink Floyd listeners. Do you continue to listen to Pink Floyd even though many of you, especially if you listen to WABC, you probably adhor what Roger Walters has Roger Waters has said, and let's face it, he represents Pink Floyd. What about Eric Clapton? You know, the non-vaxxer. You know, him and uh, Van Morrison. You know, no no vaxxing. No vaxxing. Uh, those of you who are hardcore vaxxers, would you still listen to Clapton and Van Morrison? Van Morrison just appeared at the Forest Hills uh, Tennis Stadium. I forget who he was in concert with. Oh, that's right. From Cardiff, Wales. Who is... The- One of the greatest entertainers of all time, especially in Vegas, who came from Cardiff. You can get a Curtis Lee Will Booby Prize. Just call 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Well, what about for me when I had that 12-minute debate with, uh, oh, Bo Snurdly. Bo, who was on Monday through Fridays from 4 to 5, right before the roundtable discussion of John Katsimatidis and Lydia Serrani. And we went at it for 12 minutes about our differences. I love Sly and the Family Stone. He thinks Earth, Wind, and Fire was better. And then we talked about the old cool in the gang, not the new one. The old cool in the gang, Papa Bell, and his brothers who followed the Nation of Islam, Screwy Louis Farrakhan. That's right. And I had to make a decision because you all know how much I hate the Nation of Islam, Screwy Louis Farrakhan, and the Fruit of the Loom boys who are the security. But I love the old cool in the gang. Winter sadness, summer madness. Oh, it's really great stuff. I had to separate. I had to bifurcate. And the even bigger separation, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, he's attached to the Democratic Party. Remember before the final day of the election of 2016 that Trump surprisingly won? Even Trump was surprised against Hillary. They had that massive concert in Philly. Springsteen, the East Street Band, there was Bon Jovi, I mean, they were all there. Uh, Barack and Michelle, they were embracing Hillary and Bill, yeah. We're passing on the torch. Not. <laughs> then the next thing you saw, Hillary in the fetal position at Jacob Javits Convention Center. <laughs> Let me channel Eleanor Roosevelt. What happened? Right, right, come on, let's face it, Bruce. He's back on tour, ripping all of you off. Yeah, working class hero. Maquanamai. 5,000 to be in Loge. 1,000 to be up there, met life with, the, with your oxygen mask on, up in the ozone layer. And when I asked the question, Rue said, I don't have to answer you common people. I'll leave it to Schmanta boy, Stevie Van Zandt. You know him from The Sopranos. And Stevie Van Zandt, who fashions himself as a socialist, although he did a very good thing, Recently donated a million dollars of his personal worth to the Detective Endowments Fund for widows and orphans, for police officers injured in the line of duty. Good, 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 Stevie. But Stevie said, hey, we're capitalists. Whoa. Wow. Shocking. With the one percenters in Rumson, huh? But how many times have I run into you? Oh, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, Farmer Bruce, who writes off all of his property and claims that he's uh, 
involved in homegrown products. And he's farmer Bruce writes off the property taxes like Bon Jovi has. How many of you separate his ideology from his music and you line up and you keep going back and back to the concerts? Just like Shamu El Jefe Chris Christie doing the jiggle wiggle there. Even though they pimp slap him down, they give him no attention already. And he's, he's such a groupie. He loves it. Whip me. Abuse me. Say bad things about me. I'm coming to your next concert. Even if I have to take a reverse mortgage on the house. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Nineteen eighty four. Come on, Rich. L.A. Olympic Games. I was out there in L.A. patrolling crime infested neighborhoods. A lot of the activities in South Central. So I remember seeing everybody come and go. Remember the Soviets had boycotted us because we had boycotted them. The Olympic Games before when Brezhnev rolled his T2 tanks into Afghanistan. Then there was the grain embargo. And then Jimmy Carter flexed, and he said, we're not coming to Russia for your Olympic Games. And then remember, Ted Turner had the World Games there. You remember CNN? When actually CNN was very good, I might add. Ted Turner always half in the bag. Chop, chop with Gene Fonda there. Jimmy Carter and his wife there at the Brave Games. That's right, Met fans. I love to throw salt in the wound. And by the way, if you want to win a booby prize, a man was destined to be... Mickey Mantle of the National League, great switch hitter from the Deep South, was a Met killer. Who am I talking about? With the Atlanta Braves. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But you caused me to digress. 1984, this song comes out. Nobody, nobody listened to the words. Nobody. I happened to listen to the words only because I was forced to. We were in like, uh, what was this? His Yugo. There were like eight guardian angels stuffed into this Yugo that was made in Tito's Yugoslavia. And they had the song on because it became sort of the theme of the L.A. Olympic Games. And then I remember Ronald Reagan talking about Carl Lewis from New Jersey, although he was living in Houston. A lot of people wondered about his sexual identification back then. Sort of had a little bit of Michael Jackson in him, you know, that high voice like Mike Tyson. Guy won like seven gold medals. And then Ronald Reagan was congratulating Carlos, and he said, as a young man, his origin, his roots, freehold, New Jersey. And he has come up with this song. Oh, that epitomizes what America is. Hey, Reagan, I know you're suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's, but listen to the music. It's it's like it's bashing the Vietnam War, which I did. I understood it. But I know, Ronald Reagan, if you had listened to the words or if your staff had printed out the lyrics, you would have said, wow, that's such a good patriotic tune, but it's really not a patriotic song. Notice, did the boss say anything? No, because sales skyrocketed, remember? And it put him and the E Street Band on the map. And his wealth now, much of it was generated from that song, Born in the USA, which, again, does not match up the music, 
and born in the USA with the theme. That's why you got to read the lyrics. That's why I like the lyrics of Roger Waters' songs for Pink Floyd because, wow, it's deep, man. It's deep. So anyway, let's. Uh, how do you separate your supporter of Bruce Springsteen from his politics? Let's go to Brian, who's calling from Glen Cove. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brian. Hey, Curtis, Brooklyn boy like you, I think a lot like you. That could be good or bad. Depends who you talk to, I guess. Uh, by the way, the answer is Chipper Jones, correct? Let's say that again, please. Chipper Jones is the answer to yes, the Yes, yes, Chipper right. Jones, who was expected to be the Mickey Mantle of the National League. He was a great player, especially against the Mets. They couldn't get him out. Didn't matter. I mean, he was great. Yeah, uh, actually, his son is named Shea, in case you didn't know that. Uh, I didn't hear you again. You're going to have to... Oh, his son, his son is named Shea after the stadium. Yes, no, that I remember. That was like an oofah to the Mets and the Mets fans. But now, Brian, I have a feeling that years ago you saw pink pigs flying over your head in Glen Cove. Am I right? That's correct. I went to a bunch of Pink Floyd shows. I'm a big fan, but... I can separate it in the sense I will never see Roger Waters' shows again. I go to Gilmore. I go to Nick Mason. You know what's funny? At one show, he had the pick flying ahead, and it said F. George Bush on it. Brian, uh, Brian, let me let me make a let me make a recommendation, Brian. The quality of the phones we're giving to the Venezuelan illegals who are flocking in to the Port Authority every day on the Greyhound. The Obama phones are better than your freaking cell phone. Now, I understand you got to pay for it. They don't. Well, man, maybe he could pretend to be a Venezuelan, right? Get online, get a swag bag, you know, from Eric Adams, uh, the swagger man with no plan. Give it, give it all away. It's going to cost us a lot of dollars. And give it an Obama flip phone. My God. You see, this is what comes from dropping too much acid to comfortably numb. Yes. You see, Rich? You and Dizzy Izzy brothers who are into Pink Floyd. This is amazing. Now, I cannot believe this name. I realize that he may be pulling uh, my chain and chewing my shorts. But come on, Dizzy Izzy. Benny Hill in Harlem. Really? Really? Is this Benny Hill? Yes, this is Benny Hill. How you doing, Curtis? The real Benny Hill from the UK. Hey, I'm smacking old men on the head and chasing the girls. All right, all right, now, right now. Pink Floyd. I want to tell, tell you about Pink Floyd. Yes. When the movie came out, I seen it 21 times with 19 different people. Mm. Not only that, in college, you know, another brick in the wall. I used to play that and Super Tramp, the logical song, every morning before I went to class. I was a computer science major at Hospital University. Was it a mood elevator for you? No. I used to walk down the stairs. I see. And, and, and I used to think that a giant caterpillar was chasing me. Now, <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, man. You were deep into Pink Floyd, Benny. Hey, I ain't going to lie. One time I went to ACDC with some friends of mine, right? We didn't know what it was. We just heard about the club. When we got there, they were playing Pink Floyd, and they had this guy... I guess he was nailed a chain to the wall and people were putting cigarettes out on him. And for some reason, we had drank something. I guess it had some acid in it or something. We went down to the subway station, and when the subway train came, we thought it was a giant 
bug chasing us, man. You should have seen us running into the wall. It was funny as hell. I can identify Benny Hill. I can identify. In fact, you mentioned ACDC from the land down under. Bo Snurdly. James uh, Golden considers himself the musical expert here at WABC. He knows nothing about nothing. He can't touch my stuff. He recently went to uh, Wembley Stadium, remember, right before the Queen dropped. And he said, wow, I saw ACDC, man, ACDC. He was like, he never heard them before. ACDC, OMG, ACDC. I mean, everybody was good. Not everybody. I asked him, I was uh, the cadaver in formaldehyde, uh, Paul McCartney, who I hate. He said, well... He's 84, 82, or 80, whatever. And he has a purple haze over him from all the doogee he smokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But meantime, notice, he discovered ACDC from the land down under. He doesn't know how good they were before the lead singer decided to <laughs> choke on his vomit from alcohol poisoning. No, don't try to do what he did, please, young young children out there. I think the youngest listener we have is like 55-plus, right? Who have flashbacks uh, of thinking that a subway train was chasing them on the platform after dropping acid and listening to Pink Floyd. Let's go to Joni in Merrick, Long Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joni. Hey, Curtis. It's Joni again. What's going on, buddy? You tell me. Oh, I think I have no idea. So what, didn't Tom Jones play with uh, Matt Morrison? Because I think your buddy James is giving away tickets. Yes, yes, remember, on the stage. I thought Tom Jones was dead. But he was on the stage with Van Morrison at the Forest Hills uh, Stadium there where they do concerts. I wonder how that concert was. I mean, the hell, I Tom Jones must have been like 128. I wonder if they had to take hair, artificial hair, and plaster it to his chest. Yeah, the last time I was at Forest Hill Stadium was about four years ago. I went to go see The Who with Joan Jett. Oh, you know whose birthday it was over the last few days, Joan? It's my birthday. It's Joan Jett. Jump, Jen, you, you know, did 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 she break your heart like she broke mine? I mean, there it was. I looked at Joan Jett. I said, "This is a this is a tough woman, right? She leads the band. She's tough. I forgive her for being a Baltimore Orioles fan from Long Island. I forgive her for that. And then I found out that she didn't like me. She didn't like me. Yeah, she was in the runaways too. Yeah, I know. Oh God." Oh, it's so depressing. I one time saw Joan Jett at a distance, and see, like, there was no urge to merge. It's like if I had become a transgender, if I was non-binary, it might have happened, but she was only into women. Oh, stay on the line here. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, give me comfortably numb. I feel numb now. And Joan Jett, yeah, 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 dizzy Izzy, please make sure that, by the way, you made him seem like he was a woman. Tony, come on. Dizzy is he. Have you dropped a little acid here when you heard that Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd? 
Let's go to uh, Andrew, who's calling from Stanhope, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Andrew. Yeah, I guess the English guy, I don't disagree with anything except for what he said was about the Americans' lack of, you know, World War II accomplishments. But we uh, have those cemeteries all over with World War II and the crosses, which shows that we did participate and help conquer Imperial Japan and the Nazis. And my friend's dad, he helped liberate uh, Auschwitz concentration camp, which he had. So now, Andrew, all that being said and all that being true, uh, would you be able to separate the artist from the music? It depends. If they're too extreme, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I never really liked Bruce that much anyway. But oh. I, would, I would just pick someone that fit, fit my, uh, you know, my own belief system. Andrew, Andrew, how old are you, Andrew? I just want to ask real quick, can you recount the story since, as you call them, the two brothers you're working with when you were the manager in the, I guess, in the Bronx at the McDonald's, and it would come to fisticuffs in the alley with some of the brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to you gotta look at the documentary called Vigilantes. You'll see it there. Fight, fight. Black and white. I was in the middle of it. Brothers surrounding me to the left, to the right. And then I have to pick up the main brother, crash him into the, right in the lobby of the McDonald's and make his bones rattle. I was a bone rattler. I guarantee you I wasn't listening to Pink Floyd before that because I would have come out and I would say, how can I serve you? He would have knocked me out right on the spot. You see, Pink Floyd does not work in the hood. East Fordham Road Webster. I'm sorry, Rich. Sorry, Dizzy Izzy. Does not work in the hood. Although, a lot of these young men with high levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium listening to drill rap, this might actually take them down a few notches, especially if we gave them a little Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Daffy Duck, Goofy, Little little litmus tab there. For some of you, let's face it, it's just a matter of time before you become a compost heap in some cemetery in America. Yeah, California now, they use you as compost. They don't even bury you. You're compost. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Didn't you always want to listen to comfortably numb? See the pink pigs fly over your head. After dropping some acid, this might be your last, your last chance. I know it's you, Rich. You're like asking me if I have any, any Mickey Mouse in my wallet. No. Dizzy Izzy, you're too dizzy to begin with. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Ah, uh, one of my all-time favorites, a gift from the French people. It provided us with so many gifts. What did the Brits ever give us but Patrick Juvet, 
the only patriotic dance song in the disco era. I know. I was a whirling dervish out there. It's a Frenchman. Gift to American people. Like the Statue of Liberty in our harbor, a gift from the French people. And let's not forget on this anniversary of John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones, when the two British uh, admirals in their ships outside of England said, Surrender. I'm sure it was uh, unprintable at that time. They cleaned up the language. But he ultimately took out the two British admirals and beat the Brits. They were considered the top navy in the history of nautical affairs. Did we even mention John Paul Jones? No. And Nathan Hale, the anniversary of when the Brits hung him by his neck. A young man spy for George Washington who was caught by the Brits, no defense, no trial, hung him. And his statue is right outside City Hall. It's right there in the courtyard. And uh, members of the city council, some of them want to take him down because he's another white guy. Just like Thomas Jefferson they took out of the chambers after decades there. The author of our Declaration of Independence and every man who signed that, that was their death warrant. If the Brits had prevailed, they would have been hung, like Nathan Hale, who said, I regret I just have one life to give for my country. Think of that. Are they teaching that to our kids? I know I have three sons. They go to public school. I ask not. You think uh, even those teachers know and some who do know don't want to expose the children to that because... It unifies people when you hear the sacrifice that these men made. It unifies people. As was the Tunnel to Tower run earlier today, I want to congratulate all of you who went there to support that great Stephen Siller philanthropy that has helped so many people ever since he perished in the attack of 9-11. While throwing all caution uh, to the air, he raced down to the World Trade Center after he had come off duty, stopped at the Brooklyn side of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, went into his trunk, took out 60 pounds of bunker gear and other equipment, ran through that tunnel five miles into the belly of the beast, and then was smashed to smithereens like so many other heroes. And we barely commemorated them on 9-11, the 21st anniversary, because we were so busy commemorating the Queen. God, you know, be disgraced, our media disgraced, an 11-day orgy of promoting the very people who had been tyrannical. They wanted us oppressed. And these other individuals fought for our freedom. Remember that. And our kids are not being taught that. And we pay the taxes. How many of you pay enormous property taxes out in the suburbs to support your public school system? And they don't talk about that at all. They do not talk about that at all. And as the uh, firefighters of New York City led those who uh, ran through the tunnel and walked through the tunnel, some of them, uh, some of our listeners here at WABC with some of our hosts, I apologize for not being there because uh, I had a rush in the early morning to do triage on Tuna, our senior citizen cat of the 18 cats that we have, the rescue cats that Nancy has kept alive and adopts out. 
who would have been executed in the city shelter system if not claimed within 72 hours. You can go to Facebook at Curtis Lewa, Facebook at Curtis Lewa. Gorgeous Russian blue, but smaller than any of our kittens. And Tunis 14. And you can tell that she had come from an abusive household. Oh, my God. Neurological conditions. Can't walk that well. She could use a life alert. I'm falling. I can't get up. In fact, Nancy has put padding on the floor at uh, apartment, so every time Tuna falls, it won't be traumatic. And then uh, Nancy informed me as we were ready to join all of you in that tunnel to tower run that she wasn't moving. I said, that's it. There'll be plenty of Patriots at uh, the Tunnel to Tower run. A lot of them from WABC, a lot of our hosts and hostesses and our listeners. Uh, I got to run back to the apartment with Nancy. And for four hours, we did triage. Triage on Tuna. If you want to see Tuna, just go to Facebook at Curtis Lewa. Facebook at Curtis Lewa. She was in my first TV advertisement when I was running for mayor. She stole the show. You look at her and you'll say, now I understand why. God, I mean, it's like family. It's like a family member. There's no difference. In fact, tonight, we'll talk more about that at 11 o'clock. Uh, you know, I come back from 9 to 12 to finish the Quinella. 9 to uh, 11, I'll be discussing how our city council wants to give dope fiends money for bringing in needles. Yeah, like deposit bottles or deposit cans. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Yeah. And how a lot of children are being traumatized by what they see in our streets. Not just the flotsam and jetsam, but dope fiends shooting up, sticking needles in their neck, defecating, urinating, masturbating. And the parents have no way of explaining it to the kids. Hey, you can't even explain it to adults how we allow that to continue. And the kids uh, having to go to therapy to deal with their trauma. I'll deal with that. I'll deal with so much more. But also, I have uh, tuna on my mind, and I have the heroes of the FDNY lost. 343, the most of any uh, uniform service as they responded to 9-11. Many others died thereafter from the uh, injuries that they incurred, and especially from the airborne toxins that our federal government said didn't exist. You remember Christine Todd Whitless, worthless as governor. Then the Peter Principal kicked in. She got uh, kicked uh, up, became the uh, head of uh, the EPA for Bush 43 and said, we've done an exhaustive search and check of the air quality. You don't need hazmat suits, respirators. You don't need gloves. You don't need masks. Just inhale the toxins, exhale them. You'll die soon. Don't worry about it. I'll be on my, my horse ranch here in Middlesex here, the patrician that I am to be ashamed of yourself. And worse yet, the city council on March 1st now is going to take our heroes in the fire department and turn them into zeros. They have declaratively said that the fire department has too many white males, and they might as well have put in brackets Irish white males. They want them to leave. They want them to retire. They want them to head to Port St. Lucie, Mets Spring Training Camp, or Tampa, Yankees Spring Training Camp in Florida. They can't wait for all you heroes to leave because they want to replace you with minorities. The question is, they've been recruiting minorities for years. There's a civil service test. There's a, a very difficult physical test 
the hardest physical test of any of the uniformed services. But they say, we just want you crackers out of here. Yeah, show up on 9-11. We show up to take photos with you. We show up at the Tunnel to Tower, walk and run. Crackers, get the hell out of our city. We're taking over. Hey, that's really what they're saying. What a double disgraziata. What a double shanda. Oh, yeah. We covered a lot of territory. And remember, we don't talk Trump. We don't talk Biden. I know Trump is God. Biden sucks. You can listen to that the rest of the week here at WABC, like talk TV. That's all they ever focus on. You know how many other subjects are? And by the way, my position on all that is out with the old, in with the new. Bye-bye, Trump. Bye-bye, Biden. Time for new blood to come in. Enough. Enough already. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Yeah, Lou. Now, you know, I really should have my own musical show here on the weekends, right? We have Vinnie Madugno coming up, who was at the San Gennaro Festival with his brother last night after he finished doing his show from 5 to 6 before his mentor. And a man who was always down at the San Gennaro Festival for years, Cousin Brucey, followed by Tony Orlando without Dawn. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I remember Cousin Brucey always down there, places packed. I got to tell you, this year at the San Gennaro Festival, I've been down there. The Guardian Angels have been down there. A lot of emotionally disturbed and homeless people just getting into all kinds of trouble there. You can actually go to the Guardian Angels Facebook page. You can see one of them that our Guardian Angels took uh, control of and then had him brought to a hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. It's uh, And it was so dirty, so dirty, the San Gennaro Festival. You know, they take... Thousands of dollars for the vendors to be able to sell whatever they are along Mulberry Street. A lot of money. And I understand you got to get the water, the propane, the electricity. But you would think when the festival pretty much comes to an end uh, each night at about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, they would have a thorough sanitation crew out there, not just cleaning the streets, but watering it down, I got to tell you, this week uh, I was stepping around the asphalt. My, my my feet were sticking from all the grease from the sausage and pepper sandwiches. You think you can freaking clean the streets? Now, you know I hate organized crime. Right down to the marrow of my bone. But I don't ever remember that. When the Genovese crime family of uh, Vinny the Changiganti was running the San Gennaro Festival, and I had a lot of beef with them. But at least they kept the freaking streets clean. I saw the rats doing the Tarantella. It was 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, I love Lumonte. Yeah. Oh, by the way, isn't this the um, seventh inning stretch at City Field? A bunch of lazy uh, Met fans. Huh? Let's go to Joey calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Hey, Curtis, how are you? Yes, Joe. Where in New Jersey are you calling from? Uh, I live in Denville, north central New Jersey. But uh, right now I'm driving, I drive a lot from my job. So before you think everybody is 
55 and older listening to you. I'm uh, only 34, but I listen to you quite often on uh, traveling to work. Wow, 34 years old, and you're hooked. On I the- am. I love it. I it's- like the wit. You know, uh, you have a very uh, good balance of history. I'm a history, uh, history buff, so uh, I love to hear it. Plus, you know, you're quick. Well, you know why, Joe? You won mayor. Oh, well, you know, look, I tell people, I say, well, you got what you voted for, a swagger man with no plan. And it's, in fact, in areas that I won, uh, they actually have signs up now that says, don't blame me, I voted for Sliwa. That's perfect. Now, uh, you got a lot more, especially you had a lot of uh, support with a lot of conservative New Jerseyans. I don't really consider myself hugely conservative, but tend to lean that way, but... Uh, you know, everybody is kind of reaping what they sow now when they see what he's actually like when he's playing. I got, I got to tell day. you, I got to tell you, Joe. Um, I'm, I'm better well received by Republicans in New Jersey than I am Republicans in New York City in the state of New York. Republicans gave me my most difficult problems during my primary campaign against a person of no consequence, Fernando Mateo, whatever happened to him. And then in the general election. And they still are. There's certain Eric Adams Republicans out there do everything to badmouth me. I go over to the GOP. I give speeches all the time in Passaic County, Bergen County, Union County, Ocean County, the GOP candidates. And they roll out the red carpet. Here in the city of my birth, some of the Republicans, they give me the flea bag treatment. I'll get them if it's the last thing I do. But I like that. Giuseppe listens. He's 35. Most uh, folks 35, they'd be FM vegheads, you know, freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and naturally Frank Morano. Although our sister station is WLIR out there in the east end of Long Island. And we conflate that signal with the 50,000 powerful watts of sound of WABC AM, the number one news talk station in the nation a tower of power right there in Lodi, New Jersey. Especially now, it's going to be dusk soon. So when I come back at 9 o'clock to rejoin all of you, 9 to 11, which I talk about other issues of the day that occurred, uh, internationally, nationally, regionally, locally, and it's call-driven, always call-driven. I don't have guests. And then I wind it up with the animal welfare hour with my gorgeous wife, Nancy, a great animal rescuer, who can give us an update as she has uh, Tuna, our AARP cat, our rescue cat, uh, resting comfortably now. We were worried. We were worried this morning that Tuna had left this plane. She wasn't moving. I kid you not. I'm not embellishing. I'm not exaggerating. She was not moving in the bathroom. And my wife, Nancy, she has this thing about her. She brought her back to life. And then I tucked her under my arm, surrounded with towels and blankets, generated the warmth. And four hours later, she was alive. She was alive. Like so many of you, you got to keep fighting. You can't retreat. You can't surrender. You can't wave the white flag. You can't go no mas, no mas, because you're fighting for a good cause. I call her the AARP cat because we have so much in common. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy, once again, the number one news talk station in the nation. It was resuscitated, rescued, 
brought back to life by our owners and operators of our parent company, Red Apple Media, John and Margot Katsimatidis. Weekends are for entertainment. The politics can wait for Monday through Friday. 